Shaka, last week on Straight Talk Africa, you talked about uh, democracy and the role of development partners uh, in uh, promoting democracy in Africa. Uh, your take on uh, some of their thoughts? Well, what was, of course, interesting is that uh, we did have uh, a vice president from the Millennium Challenge uh, Corporation, which obviously is one of those uh, arms uh, of uh, development partners vis-a-vis uh, -vis Africa. And uh, she seems to say that as far as they are concerned, in fact, they are on track to do exactly what the title suggested. How are they on track when uh, we read or see situations where uh, the countries that uh, initially they had suggested were doing very, very well in terms of democracy, in terms of trying to uh, make sure that they adhere to the democratic principles, uh, have been sliding back? Yes, some of them have been sliding back, but uh, you also have to put in context the fact that, in fact, when they do that, when the countries seem to be sliding back, what the Millennium Challenge Corporation also does is to react to those conditions on the ground. She, for example, gave the specific case of Zanzibar because of uh, electoral fraud on the island of Zanzibar. What happens is that uh, even though Tanzania was, for example, expected to receive 472 million U.S. dollars for development, that amount of money now has actually been suspended yes. pending uh, the Tanzanian government delivering on exactly what the MCC is demanding. Shaka, if you were to go by uh, maybe by Abraham Lincoln's definition of a democracy, uh, as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, uh, what do you make of some of these uh, democracies that we are referring to? First of all, um, I would like to say, you know, frankly, that uh, I understand exactly where you are coming from. Uh, I think that uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, said what he said because he probably hoped that even the Union, such as the United States of America, uh, would someday get it in terms of democracy. Because even at the time when he was saying that, you know that there was a civil war. Uh, that in fact lasted almost five years. And in this civil war, the issue was about a certain type of people who in fact did not have constitutional rights. They were slaves, but they were liberated. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about democracy, we also have to keep in mind, Paul, that democracy is not absolute. Democracy is relative. Democracy is relative depending on the culture depending on the history, depending on the customs of that particular society. There are places, in fact, where you see democracy for the most part as, in fact, a government of some people, by some people, for some people, in most cases. But you also have to accept the fact that democracy, in fact, at the end of the day, is a work in progress. Are you in a position uh, to name uh, some of those uh, countries that you just uh, referred to? A government of some people, by some people, for some people. I did not say a government of individuals. There are, there are obviously places probably where that definition would fit. But if it did, Paul, frankly, then of course it is something else other than democracy. Uh, Shaka, let's go back to the development our partners are helping out uh, our African countries. 
Uh, why should uh, these uh, development uh, partners or uh, these uh, aid agencies be out there trying to help us uh, to attain certain uh, values or certain basic rights? Why shouldn't it be the people, uh, us as Africans, demanding for those things? Why should we go uh, and borrow lifts from the development pa partners? I think uh, you asked a very good question. The issue of development partners comes about as a diplomatic way of trying to show that there are two equal partners in a relationship. And this comes about because there was a time when things became a little bit uh, controversial and uh, the Western world decided to diplomatically begin coaching the relationship between donor countries from the West and the recipient countries on the African continent as development partners, meaning eco-sovereignty, eco-relationships. Yeah. But you and I know that far from it, the relationship is hardly equal. Countries, of course, as you know, have their own vital national security interests, yeah. and especially Western countries. But when it comes to African countries, sometimes I frankly do not think that is factored in, except that probably you do have individual vital national Interest. security interests, which reflect the concerns, the interests, the greed of the individual who occupies state house at a certain time, period in time. Shaka, uh, you are arguably one of the best uh, history students that I know. And when you look back uh, in the 60s, uh, most African countries uh, were going through this period where they were fighting colonialists, uh, they were trying to be independent. Uh, f nearly 50 years later, uh, we are now beginning to see uh, these leaders who have been in power for a long time uh, treat their citizenry like as if they are colonialists, so they are colonial masters, and their citizens are subjects. Uh, what seems to be uh, behind this uh, whole uh, new phenomenon? I think that um, when countries were agitating for national independence or for sovereignty or countries to be politically independent, um, these particular individuals, I'm sure, meant very well. Uh, they clearly did not want to see uh, for example, the Western world or the Mzungus dominating the Africans. There are countries that claim that uh, they are now self-sufficient. Uh, they can, for example, they are able to collect uh, more taxes. A country like uh, Uganda boasts of uh, uh, being able that they can do without uh, foreign aid, for example. They can do without uh, these uh, uh, Western masters. Some of the money uh, that has been given to the people of Uganda from other Western countries are responsible for some of those tarmac roads that you see in the country. So if he tells you that he doesn't really need aid, I don't think he's being serious. I think he's simply overreacting because he has to be seen to be posturing in order for him to justify and legitimize his position as the chief of his country. Africa as a whole has had some, some strides. They have gained some ground in the area of uh, democracy. Uh, but at the same time, there was this contradiction where somebody says, okay, Africa has at least emerged from 
uh, where it was <coughs> maybe in the 80s uh, to now talking about uh, democracy, having these periodic elections. I think one of the guests referred to them as events. Help us understand what that really means. So democracy is neither an event nor an incident. Democracy is a process. It has to be a process that begins long before that magic date when the people line up to go and cast the vote. You have to talk in terms of, for example, uh, the funding of the various political parties. You have to talk about uh, they having unfettered access to media outlets, media platforms, in order to sell their message. Mm -hmm. You have to have an environment that allows them to hold rallies, for example, so that they can, in fact, go interact with their people and tell them why they think they are the best men or women for the positions that they are running for. If you don't have those types of conditions on the ground, then, frankly, you're simply taking people or society through the motions, just like we saw in the Republic of Uganda. I was there, luckily. That was not an election. Clearly, that fit what I normally refer to as a selection. On the other hand, you have a lot of countries, including yours truly, Uganda. You have Rwanda. You have Cameroon, you have Angola, you have Burundi, you have South Sudan, you have Sudan, you have Ethiopia, you have so many countries that periodically hold what they call elections. The question is, are those in fact elections? What should the ordinary people do if uh, they are told every five years you have to have an election and the results are pretty much remain the same? Uh, there's no change of leadership, uh, uh, everything, the status quo remains the same. What should ordinary people do? First of all, I think it is not a question of ordinary people. It is a question of opinion leaders among those societies who are going to provide what is very crucially described as civic education. Civic education provides the tools. It explains the constitutional power, the constitutional rights mm. that belong to you as a citizen of your country. The way things are right now, most countries, frankly, are not made up of citizens as it were, because citizens are people who owe allegiance to the state and therefore have constitutional rights. In fact, you can call them birthrights or inalienable rights. What these people are, are subjects, in fact. Because subjects do not have rights, subjects owe their allegiance to an individual authority who can be a presidential monarch, who can be a king, a queen, who can be a dictator, and therefore grants you privileges for your efforts rather than your rights. And so for the most part, most countries on the African continent, the mother continent, do not enjoy the benefits of citizenship.